0: Today, Tony and I are just sitting and hanging out, and we thought we would do an episode for the show. Uh, We have come up with a title. I believe it's called, What's on Your Mind? I think we agreed on that, yeah. Yep. So, what's on your mind, Tony?
1: (laughs) (laughs) This tea is very lovely. I just Mm. needed a nice hot cup of tea, Uh, because I've been thinking a lot about love, Tosca. (laughs) Just love and what it means to be in love or to share love, to be inspired by love or to be inspired to love. Mm. Uh, I've considered myself a free-loving person for Mm -hmm. a very long time. And I do identify both with the wonder of being free-loving and also with the burden of it because I often take on more responsibility Simply because mm. I know my capacity for love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that doesn't always make for much more than heartbreak. Mm. I think I just wrote a country song. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sing it with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: Tony and I were chatting as I was making the chai tea, and she was like, So, how's your love life? And honestly, I have not thought about it in quite a while. Like, I was just like, Oh, Love, how's my love? I mean, I am so blessed. I have an incredible partner who is the most supportive and dreamy and very smitten all the time, 100%. And I have another partner in uh, another state. But I also feel like I haven't thought about love in a while, which is so interesting. Like, I'm not taking this love for granted, for sure. I am... very devoted and I love expressing my love and expressing gratitude for this love that I do have blessed in my life right now. But at the same time, like I think that I don't have an awareness of some sort when it comes to love. And um, I think I've also been focusing a lot on my um, self-love, but more specifically, I've been really focusing on loving my inner child and that's where my spiritual practice is at, is reclaiming the wild self, reclaiming that young little girl who would pretty much live in the make-believe world half of the time. And who's not to say that that wasn't me being half in, you know, the mystical realm? Who knows? Uh, but love. Let's talk about love.
1: <laughs> oh, man. I love love the inner child work. I was called to it a couple years ago because I was getting a lot of praise Mm -hmm. and it didn't matter how much I heard, no part of me bought into it. I was Mm. like, you just say that because you care about me. But if you care about someone, you just tell them the truth. And so there was some amount of disbelief that I had that that was the truth or that they would share the truth with me because deep down, clearly, I wasn't worthy of this praise, Mm. which is just another form of love and admiration Mm -hmm. and adoration and inspiration. Mm. And the inner child work, getting in touch with my inner little girl Man, it was, it was tough. She needed lots of hugs, mm-hmm. hugs that I, Tony, on a day-to-day basis, don't always allow people to give me. Mm-hmm. I always I say to people, like, no, you shouldn't touch me right now, mm-hmm. because there's so much that's going on that I know it will unleash the kraken mm-hmm. that is my emotion. So you almost had, like, a
0: practice of acceptance with the love.
1: Yes, learning that all of the love that I had given all of my life, I was worthy of that amount of love Mm. and that I had to get to that vibration of, okay, cool, now I'm ready to receive that kind of love Mm -hmm. because, you know, I have a very wonderful partner and the way that he dotes on me is sometimes uncomfortable Mm -hmm. i make jokes that i have to ease up on my love potion
0: and (laughs) let's
1: be clear i never made a love potion for him Mm -hmm. unless you count my food which your food is great oh my goodness i fall in love with
0: you through your food thank you so
1: much (laughs) it's really my love language and i know that it falls under acts of service but if you ask me to service you in any other way i might give you food and be like Is this what you meant? Uh, Does not compute. Error. Um, So, food is something that I've always shared in my love of food. So, that's a part of me that I'm always like, this is how I love you. Eat my pudding. (laughs) I do love pudding. Um, But the accepting that I needed someone to hold me sometimes. Mm. Like, I am strong, I am fierce, I am loyal. And I deserve those qualities in whomever I choose to keep in my in my life. Mm -hmm. And my partner gives me all of these things. But I was not allowing myself to have that. Mm -hmm. You know, these are such
0: it seems as though these would be such basic, elementary steps in the process of, you know, becoming an adult, becoming an empowered woman, becoming a witch, you know. However, I think that the process is nonlinear. And sometimes like you may do this work and then, you know, do some other work and, you know, maybe go over there and work on your, you know, intuition or connecting to the astral realm. But then you have to go back to your root and do some more inner child work because something might come up that was unlocked because of doing those other things. And I just want to emphasize that sometimes, the, actually most of the time, the path will be nonlinear and that's totally okay. And I think there's just, again, there has to be an acceptance, oh, yeah. an acceptance of yourself and how we develop is just going to be a little bit wonky.
1: Mm-hmm. And on top of the way we develop then when we're actually in the place that we are currently, we might be hearing things differently, seeing things differently. So the best thing to look at, like how we have so many planets that go into retrograde. And it's really a matter of reflection because Mm. through that reflection, we then can integrate. So doubling back in a cyclical way, isn't the same as going backwards, which Mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. But, doing something after, like you said, you've primed all of these other pathways to Mm -hmm. self could unlock something that you didn't even know was locked. Mm -hmm. It's like finding a secret passage back to you.
0: Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. Mm. And that's an interesting thing because the deepest relationships that I have outside of my relationship with myself, it's always somebody that I connect with on a little girl level
0: really yeah Hmm. Yeah. like what's an example
1: of that uh you know I do a lot of energetics work um I do soul gazing and I have clients who I work with I have friends that I do soul gazing sessions with I'm down to soul gaze just for fun what comes up isn't always fun (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's definitely an interesting definition on the word uh but I'll use it it's fun for me to grow
0: Did we soul gaze a little bit on the summer solstice like two years ago?
1: A little bit of that happened. Because I
0: remember you, we were talking about uh, hip flexibility. I remember this conversation Mm -hmm. so vividly. And you were talking about your hip and some issues you had. And then I was like, my hips are so flexible. It's because I did ballet growing up. And then you said something like super straight up honest. Like, oh, that's like your relationship with your, was it your mother? Like you don't set boundaries really well. And I was just like, (laughs) 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 oh. And then we soul gazed a little bit and then I cried.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then your partner was like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) That was super rad. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, So... I, I do feel like a vessel sometimes mm-hmm. some of those straight up truths. It's someone told me it's because my Mars is an Aquarius. So I cut right through the bowl, um, which is probably accurate. Uh, but sometimes it feels like somebody took me and just made my mouth move <laughs> while <laughs> your spirit was telling you what you needed in that mm-hmm. moment. Uh, so soul gazing happens and I don't always talk. It depends on where you are and what mm-hmm. you're going through. It's very specific. And, um, When you soul gaze, you really see that person, you see all of the things that they don't want you to see and all of the ways that they're hiding them. And when you allow it to get deeper in your own body and stop being just an observer of the person opposite you, but really a present energy. Uh, you can find the, the little part of you that like wants to play, that wants mm-hmm. to connect, that wants to be loved, that wants to see that person and be seen by that mm-hmm. person. And when you find a partner in soul gazing that is just as willing uh, as you are to go down the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. then you can find a place where it's like, boom, we're playing and you're just like <laughs> in a park with your best friend just doing all of the mm. fun things and it's really beautiful and it can be a source of deep romantic connection because mm. it's like, I trust you enough to show you who I want to be mm-hmm. and I want to be hanging upside down on a jungle gym right now.
0: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> right? mm. Mm. Oh, Love. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been getting text messages from my close friends who are not in romantic situations and they're like, yeah, well, I want it. I want it. I want it. I often
0: romanticize the time of my life that I was practicing being single and I am so incredibly grateful for where I'm at right now and the people that are in my life, but I do often think about how much more connected I was with myself back then and how this is a practice for me now as a person in a relationship that I still need to have that deep intimacy with myself. And it's, man, when you're a person who loves to give, it is really hard to give to yourself first when you're in a relationship because there's such a joy, I think, that comes with like, oh, like I get to you know, make you breakfast or I get to, you know, watch this movie with you or listen to you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, however, I still need to practice being selfish. And that's really hard. And, you know, I just mentioned boundaries with my mother or setting, you know, whatever. Codependency is something that I think is like a common thread for me that I have to like check back in. I don't think I've ever fully been there, but it's something that has been hinted as a potential pattern. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a balance between giving love and then the balance between making sure your cup is full before you give to anyone else.
1: Yeah, definitely. And when you give so much, you you tend to attract people who need a lot. Mm -hmm. And that feels so satisfying to be like, I built that person up. And I've enjoyed that in the past. that has been a pattern of mine, helping people through rough patches. Mm-hmm. But in a steadfast way, because it's not like I just show up to n- in my cape thinking that I'm going to save the day, but it's like, oh, good. Here's an opportunity that I have to show you why we're together, mm-hmm. why we're friends, why we have this relationship the way that we do. I, was all, I always used to look for ways to prove myself. Mm-hmm. And... I've been letting my actions do that without feeling like I need to spring into action, which has been very nice. Mm-hmm. I like having people who feel like they can rely on me, uh, but I definitely had to take a step back last year, especially, and be like, okay, but when I need something, who do I go to? And the answer inevitably is me. Mm-hmm. And I can't go to me if I'm booked up with you and mm-hmm. all your you stuff. Yeah. Even if I love you, mm-hmm. especially if I love you, because if I love you, I will talk to you for hours endlessly <laughs> yeah. I will take you through the kaleidoscope of options that you have <laughs> to change your situation mm-hmm. and then I'll get off the phone and I'll be right where I was before the phone call started and I'll be like well damn
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of like a
1: hangover <laughs> yes and the recovery period mm. of time yeah I cannot ignore it. Mm-hmm. I cannot. Yeah,
0: I've been actually getting a lot better with being selfish with my time. and I think that's a delicious thing to practice, you know, because time is the greatest commodity. We don't have a lot of it. You don't get it back. Yeah, I said that wrong. Time is the greatest currency. Oh,
1: I think it's both.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it
1: was wrong. I think it was just time is fucking epically important. Yeah,
0: <laughs> It is. <laughs> Currency, commodity, everything. Yeah. Everything is time.
1: And and also time is nothing. And it's a dimension. Yeah. Ah. And just an implement of measurement. It's, mm. it's how we agree on where to be and, mm. and when to be there and, and all of that.
0: It really is like the biggest whip. You know, like I'm thinking about just like magically, like there is not one creature, person, anything on this planet that can succumb to the effects and power of time. I mean, that's a really basic thing, but I don't think we always take in the impact of that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And they say... All those different adages about time, like it heals all wounds and mm. only time will tell. And, mm. and so it's like, whether it's going by really slowly or really fast, you're definitely a slave to time and to a degree. <laughs> mm. And yet, it's not an accurate measurement mm. of so much magic. It's
0: true. And there's a timelessness.
1: To everything as well
0: if you shift your perception. Sometimes I like to check in in a moment like that I'm really enjoying and I'm like, okay, like hold on to it. But also I like to practice not connecting too deeply to the measurement of the time you know it's like okay like click click snapshot really feeling this moment what am I tasting what am I smelling what am I experiencing my memories are very vivid because I try to be conscious of them when they're positive and happening the timelessness is a practice
1: yeah I think it's super evident about how timeless it is when you take a minute to go back to a place like that Mm. how quickly that feeling will wash over you. Mm. Especially
0: with scent. Mm. Like how scent can trigger a memory so vividly so
1: fast. Yeah. Music for me.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Sounds that happened. Yeah.
0: Mm. So Tony, what's your spiritual journey looking like right now?
1: Ooh, girl. <laughs> My spiritual journey. Uh, it feels like being pulled both up and down at the same time at the moment Mm -hmm. which is really fascinating because when you think you're going in one direction it's very rarely that you also feel like you're going in another direction and Mm -hmm. that's been feeling less like a pull and more like a stretch lately. I like that. Yeah because sometimes you can feel a little like oh no I'm going in too many. Now you're going in exactly the right amount of directions that mm. you're supposed to be going. And so trying to get quiet has been a huge part of my journey through pain and maneuvering life through that, because mm. you can't really go around that, mm-hmm. and deepening my relationship with deities. hmm yeah. Can't wait to talk about this more. Oh my gosh. I'm really excited to do research. I'm I'm so big on research. I got all these fantastic books mm. taking us back, 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 mm-hmm. and bringing us to the present because, you know, all of us are goddesses. And so it's not about finding a goddess to worship so much as finding a mentor. I love that. Yeah.
0: It's like, who's going to guide me through this phase, this chapter now? Yeah. I uh, gave Tony Joseph Campbell's Goddesses book to borrow. Uh, It's one of my favorites if you're really looking for a kind of academic sort of uh, perspective on the role of goddesses throughout history, like anthropology, um, and it talks about like really old school functions of the goddess, like agriculture and very simple things like that that were just like massively important for societies back then, but also goes into Egypt and then Greece. And um, you know what I love about mythology is that these stories are really just echoes of the same stories that have been happening that have been told since the beginning of time and it's fun to trace them back like you can go into you know Norse mythology and see the common threads of Freya to Venus to you know even before that um, and these are archetypes and these archetypes are present in the Lives that are being lived now, you know, there, there is a Loki in your life, I can promise you. Ooh. <laughs> and there's, you know, yeah. uh, someone in your life who might be Isis, you just have to kind of be open and aware to seeing these archetypes and these patterns and recognizing the magic and medicine of that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like meditation is the answer. Mm, It always is. (laughs) It really is. And it's funny because sometimes I'm feeling like, wow, you're so repetitive, Tony, but (laughs) there's so much to be learned in repetition. How do you get good at something if not by repeating it? Practice. Practice.
0: And meditation
1: Mm. is not just a thing that you set a timer for. It's a practice Mm. because some days, oh, God. The mind does nothing but work. Mm.
0: And it's it like spiritual practice, yoga practice, meditative practice. Like the word has a meaning and it's not just,
1: oh, I do this every day. It's like, mm. yeah, it's like the word take, like when you take a class or something, mm. like when people are like, oh, I'm going to go take yoga. And then I'll be like, what did you learn afterward? Yeah. And then <laughs> what did you take from it yeah right what did you take other than mm. a hot sweat um all the shade to hot yoga come at me
0: oh my God we I do hot yoga that's okay
1: it doesn't I don't think people who do hot yoga have a problem. I think people who offer hot yoga are not offering yoga they're mm. offering a new sect of exercise that incorporates something ancient. So it feels appropriative Mm. and also off the mark of what yoga is because the word yoga means to yoke, which is Mm. to connect the mind, body, and soul and bring it all into alignment. Well, for me
0: personally, like I've been practicing hot yoga for a while now, off and on, but the past month I've been doing it like four times a week and uh, specifically uh, Bikram and while I don't agree with the guy, I really love being in that hot room because I think I need that heat to really connect to my body. Mm. It's, it's almost like a, in a yoga room that isn't heated, I can still kind of have my mind have that chatter. And it's very hard for me to quiet the mind. And I guess I just need more of a practice. But the heated room kind of intensifies and silences everything else around me where I'm like, okay.
1: I might pass out, but it feels so good. <laughs> yeah. And
0: I'm really here.
1: And I think that that's a lovely way to enter into what mm. yoga is because <laughs> if you're using the vinyasa style flow to create heat inside your body, mm. then it's not super necessary that you have heat going outside of the body in a way that's not natural. So if it's like a hundred degrees, I mean, I wouldn't do a very young yoga practice if it were a hundred degrees outside in Los Angeles. So I consider how the heat affects you is beautiful. And if you had a yin practice, if you were doing like a restorative class in a really warm room, that might be nice. But it's it kind of feels like something to placate mm. so that you're not doing the real work of okay, well, this is really what's happening. It's inside. Mm. But I understand it. I, I don't I think that doing it is great. If mm-hmm. you do yoga and it's hot yoga and you're like, Yes, hot mm-hmm. yoga is my jam, do hot yoga. Yeah. That's cool. Different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. Anything that gets you there, right? That works. But but yoga is meant to prepare the body and mind for meditation mm. and after a Bikram yoga session you might just want a nap
0: and that's <laughs> cool
1: sometimes my my meditation mm. turns into a nap no harm no foul sometimes you need to reset that mm. deeply um, but if after a Bikram yoga class you're like cool now I can sit and mm. be quiet that's where the practice really begins
0: yeah I feel I feel both energized and soothed
1: great you know I so do not. I feel angry <laughs> <laughs> and that's my that's my tapas mm. that's what I have to work with it's yeah. like being in traffic
0: but you know it's so interesting so I've been doing yoga since I was about 15 or 16 not like every day but I've been practicing for almost 10 years now <laughs> I have never done inversions I cannot get over that hurdle of going upside down
1: is it a fear what gives yeah totally Do you do it against the wall? No, not even. I don't even try. You know, downward facing dog is an inversion. Is it really? Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Your heart is higher than your head. It's an inversion.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I guess I've been
1: facing the fear without even knowing. Without (laughs) even knowing it because that's all it is. And then Mm. it's a matter of alignment because then balancing on your hands. Mm. I mean, you have to spread and root down to lift up and, Mm. and arms are often very tight and shoulders are often very tight. I know that's not your body because we've done movement together. So I know that you have more limber joints, etc. That often does make it hard to do a strengthening type Mm. of pose. So I could see how you're like, I could see lots of wobbles coming. I'm very
0: wobbly. (laughs) I
1: understand. I understand. Uh, Practice. Practice. Yeah. I use the wall and Mm. I just see about one leg going up. And if I can get up, and one leg like, doesn't go up that's totally cool and if both, both legs go up that's great maybe after we're done recording we're going us, to we go decided i'm sc- scoping out the walls <laughs> yeah so the meditation getting to a place where you can be still and quiet
0: mm. yeah you said that's been a theme for you
1: yeah i need it mm. i need more quiet time than Almost everything else, mm. it's feeling like a, a major shift in my life where I'm like, I'm going to spend more time meditating than I do worrying. Mm. I love that. Rack them up.
0: Rack them up. <laughs> <laughs> I went to the library on Tuesday and man, that place is fantastic Which for being quiet. Just the one by my house. I just walked over. took like 20 minutes. It was so nice.
1: The library is an underused resource.
0: It really is. I'm going to try to go every week, make it part of my practice. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And, you know, I'd love to talk about the word practice because it has so many different attributions.
0: You know what I think of? I think of, um, I know a lot of children who had the privilege of taking piano lessons and not everyone has access to music and so many of my friends myself included at certain times it was like I don't want to practice piano I don't want to practice and so there's this like kind of weird relationship with practice where it's like I don't want to I want to play well what do you think piano is you play piano why do we have such connotation around the word
1: practice. Yeah. I mean, I always think about it in sports also Mm. because if you're not interested in a sport, you don't want to go to practice, but if you like people knowing that you're on the team, you might want to be on the court Mm. or field, whatever you like. And, you know, I, I danced, uh, all of my adolescent life and, practice we bragged about it we were like oh yeah I've got practice all weekend like I've got (laughs) I'm in rehearsals I'm Mm. stretching constantly like it was definitely like I'm serious because I practice so I have a different mindset because my mom was a swimmer and a gymnast and you know going to practice was you always had a gym bag you always Mm. had a gym bag and when I think about all of these other ways to Practice and all these other practices that are available. I wonder why people come at it the way your friends might have come at Mm -hmm. practicing the instrument. And it's really about result. People are result focused. Mm -hmm. And there's so much promise of freedom in playing Mm -hmm. that people don't see how the structure of practice. Creates the framework from which you get to expand and through mm-hmm. playing. So it's only through that structure that you get to a place where you can even improvise. You know, like you don't you don't just pick up a trumpet and start playing jazzy. <laughs> you know, you have to learn yeah. the, the fundamentals mm-hmm. of it, theory, yeah, practice, mm. and to practice, I think. Other like on the result idea, it's that they think that if you're practicing, you're not arriving somewhere yet. Mm, Yeah, you're right. How could how good could I possibly be if I'm still practicing? Mm. When really, it's how good can Can I I be be? if I continue to practice?
0: Mm -hmm. I just looked up the etymology of the word practice and the verb from. The medieval Latin practisare, perform, carry out. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with carrying out things. It's almost like a fear of something being finalized perhaps. I don't know. What does it really mean to practice something where you become so good that it's almost part of you?
1: I mean, for people that reach that level of success in whatever their trade or passion is, I mean they don't stop practicing. Mm. That's one of the things that I, I notice, you know, when I watch documentaries on athletes. Mm-hmm. My partners super into athletes and what they do with their time. The ones that are no longer on teams and that was their life, it's still their life. They still run mm-hmm. and and cut and so practice
0: is really a commitment. So maybe One who fears commitment has a hard time practicing something.
1: Yeah. Commitment to self. Mm, Yeah. The hardest thing to commit to is yourself. I was just saying the way to get me to do something is to make it about somebody else. Mm. And that's... Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. You know how when you go over to someone's house and you like have dinner with them, you always do the dishes. It's just like an instinctual, like, of course, let me do that for you. But when it's your own house... I'll do the dishes in the morning. Mm
1: -hmm. They have to soak anyway. Why don't you
0: treat yourself how you treat others?
1: Well, the question that comes to mind is, what are you looking to get Mm. from others that you're willing to give to them that which you are unwilling to give to yourself?
0: What do you Mm. think they're
1: going to give you that you're not going to get from you? Hmm takes me back to love. It's
0: all coming back to love. We had no idea what this episode would be like, (laughs) and I think we just kind of tapped onto
1: something. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh, That was was a double cringe. (laughs) (laughs) We did our Lucille balls. (laughs) Balls. Uh, (laughs) I did that because I know Tosca is five years old. Penis. Um. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, poly, because being poly has changed my entire perception of what love looks like. And let me tell you, dodecagon, like so many different sides to love. Being monogamous, if you're a monogamous person, I feel for you. I really do. Because being in a relationship with a person and going on... All of the very beautiful, idealistic, we're, we're doing this and it's us mm. feeling. It's so powerful and it's so intoxicating, but it, just, it doesn't feel like the whole story to me. Mm. And if it is, it is one unfulfilling story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, everyone is different. I've definitely yeah. been through phases of my life where... I chose monogamy for a period of time, and there's something so beautiful in it, so delicate. Um, But uh, for me personally, my choice is to live in a state of possibility. And for my partner, my primary partner and I, you know, that is a open poly, whatever label you want to put on it. You know, I'm kind of open to whatever um, lifestyle and it's really hard, <laughs> man. It's really hard. There's a practice, a practice to Hello. it. <laughs> hey. yeah. You know, but most of the times in which I experience issues, it's because there are issues within myself that I have not resolved. It's a mirror and it's actually exactly I always say this that my relationship is so incredible because they put a mirror up to the parts of myself that I can't see and then I get to work on it and that's incredible. Yeah, and I am for those so hard grateful to reach
1: places they're holding it-hmm so nice. Yeah. but then I build on that and I'm like, oh. Well, for me to deal with that, some other experience comes up, Mm. right? Like when I'm asking the universe to help me solve a problem, it presents me with a different aspect of that same problem. (laughs) I'm not saying anything against the universe, of course. I just think it's funny. Oh, so funny. Giggles about it. I'm giggling.
0: Universe, Mm. you're so funny. You know, the universe has a great sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Uh. I'm laughing. It's like anybody getting roasted as long as it's not you. It's hilarious. The universe is roasted. I've been me. roasted by the universe. Before. <laughs> yeah, like a batch of coffee beans, I'm oh. roasted in daily.
0: I like to think of like maybe a toasted marshmallow. That's delicious.
1: Maybe. That okay. sounds like you, a little gooey on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> not me. I just stay on that grind. <laughs> yeah, so. When I think about all of the parts of me that I'm like, oh, yeah, that's there. I should I should deal with that. And then I ask the universe for guidance. It often comes through an experience with another individual. We're really social creatures, and the answers are in us, but it's through the interactions, Mm -hmm. whether they're good interactions or bad interactions, which if you're being a Buddhist, they are nothing but interactions that simply were Mm -hmm. and are no longer and can take or leave or learn or whatever. Um, It usually comes from other people. Mm -hmm. And I found a lot of difficulty in my previous monogamous relationships in really truly being able to explore a relationship Anytime it felt like any aspect of it was getting close to sexual. If I was in a relationship with someone else, they were in a relationship with someone else. I wasn't interested in something long-term, wherever they were or I was. If it didn't come together, then it felt like there were all of these ways that we were really denying ourselves the opportunity to grow. Mm. And that's what really made me be like, okay, well, I tried monogamy. It was... Lovely. I love being loved and I love giving love, but being poly hasn't robbed me of that one-on-one intimacy in any way, shape, or form.
0: Definitely. I feel the same way.
1: Takes a lot of communication.
0: Yes. Communication and flexibility, you know, because we change and what works for someone one day might change in a year and you know, you have to hold true to what works for you. And sometimes things align and then they don't align anymore. Right. And that's okay. You know, I think that we teach each other different things. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about this human experience. And I really do feel as though we're all from spirit, source, divine energy, and that we are all connected by that and I don't know. I just kind of think of like a piano and how like piano, I'm tying everything back together. (laughs) How if you like play two notes together, they can make a beautiful harmony, but then there are also dissonant chords and can make really weird sound. But, you know, we're all expressions of the same instrument. Right. And we're just kind of figuring out what sounds play well together.
1: Yeah. And Every time you play a dissonant chord, you're like, "Oh, that's what that sounds like," okay. and you feel something. Yeah, really
0: provoke some,
1: yeah, emotion. Even <laughs> if that emotion is, "Whoa, never hidden those two chords together. <laughs> no, that did not work." And then sometimes it could be like, "Oh, yeah, okay, yeah." <laughs> and I think that that's another part of monogamy that isn't inherent, but but definitely could and should be. It's flexibility Mm -hmm. because loving someone intensely and with as much of you as you have available to love, it changes Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I need to put that back in my reserves or you're like, oh, I just found this box of bonus love, bonus love, bonus love. (laughs) And sometimes that's too much for your partner too, you Mm -hmm.
0: know, uh, and the boundaries you set can change. Like I remember, there were things that were non-negotiables in the beginning of my, you know, relationship. That was, you know, like, oh, this makes me feel. Awful. But now that I've been in a polydynamic for two years now, eh, some of those boundaries—that's
1: okay. Let them yeah. go. Yeah. I'm. I'm learning. There are new ones. Yeah. I was on the opposite end where I was like, I have no bounds. Oh, wait, don't do that.
0: (laughs) So that was (laughs) really interesting.
1: I was like, okay, I have two bounds. Mm -hmm. It's two more than I used to. It's pretty good. I think it's really important to test boundaries. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: In a monogamous or a non-monogamous relationship.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the way your partner responds is not indicative of you or your relationship. It could just be something that they didn't. They didn't know. Mm. I accidentally hit people's triggers. Mm. I'm like, "Oh no, I like freeze because I don't know how it happened and all of a sudden someone's crying or mm-hmm. yelling or something and I'm just like that was my job today. Yeah. This is <laughs> a mighty mitzvah, okay. <laughs> Feels different, yeah. but um yeah, in monogamous relationships, boundaries seem more abundant Mm. but that's not because there aren't any in polyamory which I think is a common misconception there are definitely things that we're like oh no 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 (laughs) asked asked to to be I'm a human being Mm. people are like oh doesn't don't you get jealous sure Mm. sure but instead of smashing something because I feel like that person is betraying me it might manifest itself into something different like lingerie (laughs) honestly the reactions that we have
0: to boundaries being crossed or feelings of betrayal or whatever have a lot more to say about us than the experiences like you said the reaction to react violently and angrily like wow I think that's that shows you something like ooh, I need to work on this here yeah what else am I holding anger Where else am I holding anchor?
1: And it manifests in so much more ways than just violence. What Mm -hmm. if all of a sudden you decide you're going to like be silently vengeful?
0: Mm, Passive
1: aggressive. Oh yeah. comes out that way for sure.
0: Mine is always uh, anxious. So much anxiety. Like, and then I hold it like in my heart area and it's a, it's an interesting practice (laughs) to work through it. And I'm like, why do I feel insecure? And where is this really coming from? And it, comes from way way back going back to the inner child stuff you Mm -hmm. know and it's like huh, thank you experience for teaching me I still have some work here
1: yeah which is great because if you didn't know that then it would just hurt forever Mm. it doesn't have to hurt forever
0: but I mean I also want to point out that uh, you can't be perfect and sometimes you just react and I definitely am you know yeah a person who is a normal human being and sometimes things come up and then I react and then I look back on the experience and it's like, oh, could have been more mature, could have been
1: more thoughtful, but hey, human being. Even taking the moment to reflect is growth. Mm. Even being like, oh, damn, growth. Mm-hmm. And next time you'll be like, ah, caught it. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. So five, five.
0: So going back to uh, working with a patron
1: matron goddess? You know, I'm, you know, I'm into
0: whatever working with a deity.
1: Yes, I do like the deities.
0: Is there uh any that are kind of whispering calling to you?
1: I don't feel like it's a whisper. Um, <laughs> it's just that there are there are more than one. And I'm like, mm. oh, where should I start? I'm really, I'm funny when I'm indecisive. <laughs> and the ways I choose to be indecisive. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know if I can commit. Um, Oshun has been one that's been yelling at me for a few years Mm. to just, like, take better care of myself. Like, she's, like, my self-love goddess. Like, Mm. be a badass, set shit on fire, say no apologies.
0: Um, I did a goddess photo series, like, three... Three, uh, I think it was three, I three was years three. ago, and I photographed Tony as Oshun, and it's so beautiful. I'll have to show some photos on our oh, Instagram. It was, <laughs> so it was the
1: easiest photo shoot ever, <laughs> and I got to eat offerings. Mm, it was delicious. Yeah, well. dates. I remember <laughs> I brought dates. Yeah, and I remember when I first connected with Oshun. I was at my yoga training, and it was the first day, and my instructor had cards, and she's like, "Everybody pull a card," and it was mm-hmm. Oshun, and at the bottom it said, "Drink water." and that's funny for lots of reasons because I I'm fine with water it's fine I think it's fine I like water but there are so many other things I like tea does that count like I'm that person who's like (laughs) does that count and people are like no Tony just drink water and it was at a time in my life when I definitely needed to drink more water I was Mm. drinking more alcohol than just your average tincture and so (laughs) That was interesting. And then when you were like, would you do this goddess shoot for me? I was like, yeah, this one. And that was just like what was calling to me. And then a few people made me like weary of her because they were like, she's real powerful. She will fuck with you. And I was like, okay, well, I don't need that. So then I took a step back, man. I know when um, you're early in early on stages and yeah. people are influencing you and you're just like, wow, you seem very, very staunchly opposed to me. Like, Going too close, so I'll just take a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a Taurus rising and sun, I'm always like, Venus! Venus is my how. Mm-hmm. I love her. So I'm just starting with the basics, I feel. And those mm-hmm. are the two that I'm like, let's get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Ocean likes a lot of the same things that I do. Yeah. Venus likes <laughs> a lot of the same things that I do. I'm excited to
0: see how your relationship with these two.
1: It's kind of like a polydynamic, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it's especially interesting because in my life, even though I'm pan, I have a lot more men mm. in my sexual dynamic than women. I'm working on that. I don't know what I don't know what that is about. Try and figure it out, I guess. But mm. I'm just like interested in women right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing it divinely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you honor? Um I've been working with Freya for the past year, I would say. Uh, I feel like I need a little bit more masculine energy. So I might work with a goddess who has a bit more sun masculine properties. Mm. Um, But I'm kind of open right now, you know, I'm just... I'm on the market. Nice. Whoever connects with me would be nice. I'd like to make some connections. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm open. I think that I'm kind of at a crossroads right now when it comes to my magical practice and my, my sexual practice as well. And I'm very open. And I might be working with like wind energy the air just because I'm an air sign and I feel like I could use a little bit of direction right now
1: that's beautiful yeah I'm hella earth Mm. and I even take note of how many fire signs I have in my (laughs) life and just like how much they inspire me Mm -hmm. so definitely also feeling that sun energy the fire energy of Mm. Aries right now. I'm just all about it wearing my red dress. Mm. We're also getting
0: closer to the summer solstice and this is just the time. This is the time for the sun. This is the time to go a little bit faster and be more action-oriented. I'm into it. Also love.
1: Mm. It's the time for love beginnings and offerings. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, my birthday is right before belting, so it's always like,
0: oh, what joys. Maybe we could do this episode, at it on your birthday.
1: That'd be fun.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, my birthday is a Sunday as well. Oh,
0: perfect. <gasps> <gasps>
1: so, happy birthday, future Tony. Please, <laughs> future
0: Tony is so excited. All right, we're just about done. Excellent. Why don't we ask ourselves the questions that we always ask mm. the hosts or always ask the guests? The question is, if you could give one piece of
1: advice to your younger
0: self about sex, what would it be?
1: (laughs) So I thought about this question, and we've gotten such great responses from so many guests Mm -hmm. that have gotten it from us. And, um, you know, I have been very fortunate to be very Mm self-assured and know when I want things and how to get them. So I think the Biggest piece of advice that I wish I had gotten earlier on was stay patient Mm. because what you have to give should be met with something of equal or greater value. Mm. Patience and love. Mm.
0: I think I would tell my younger self don't fear the power of your desire. And also, when someone's violating you, use your voice. So real. Yeah. Oh, I love younger selves.
1: <laughs> <laughs> love and truth keeps you young. All right, so this is love, love, love. <laughs>
0: and other stuff. Love, love, love. <laughs> Hey there, Tosca here. So I wanted to take a quick moment to share with you all about how you can support the Sex Magic Podcast. If you haven't already, you should follow us on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page. Pretty much everything is under Sex Magic Podcast. You can also find us at sexmagicpodcast.com and we have all of our links there. But most importantly, we recently launched our Patreon and it's really important to support us. Because our collective of co-hosts offers a diverse perspective on sex and magic. Though we each come from various backgrounds and cultures, our unifying passion is to empower and explore sexuality, spirit, and the occult in a safe and approachable environment. Each week, we offer a new episode on a fresh subject in the realm of spirituality and sexuality. We interview a variety of guests from authors to psychologists to witches and beyond. We strive to share content that is educational, inspirational, and mystical. So join us on our journey through sex magic by supporting the work we do. Every dollar goes towards propelling us forward and will allow us to continue creating podcasts. By supporting our podcast, you'll join our community and be part of the conversation. Our Patreon patrons will gain access to various resources, rituals, recipes, and behind-the-scenes access. With more funding for our sex magic podcast, Coven can dedicate more time to crafting sacred offerings to our supporters, sex magic courses, videos, spell books, and we really would love for you to be part of our sexy little coven. So I also wanted to take a moment to shout out a few of the patrons we have so far. Shout out to Melina Beatrice and to... Meredith Andrews. Thank you so, so much. And also a shout out to my boyfriend and to my mom. Thanks y'all for supporting. It means a lot. <laughs> so follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website, and support us on Patreon. We love you and we want to continue offering these amazing podcast episodes and we're so grateful to do that and have your support.